is a jackass, then you can use me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. That's in the King James Version of the Bible. If I offended you, just read it. Uh, <laughs> so I've been struggling with finding a um, proper title for today's message, but I want you to look at your neighbor and say, this might be for mothers, but this is also for me. I'm not left out. Now, obviously, I am a mom to three beautiful daughters, and I, you know, I thank the Lord for that. They are incredibly challenging human beings, and uh, (laughs) basically, you're like, Lord, bring me a world changer, and then you get them, and you're like, what am I supposed to do, Lord? (laughs) Except, like, the only thing I can say about being a mother is that, um, and I feel like we should all be this way, but it makes you go into intercessory prayer. And you're like, <laughs> you know when the Bible says when you don't know what to pray in, in the English language? <laughs> this is why we need the, the, holy, the holy language of the Holy Spirit, because I don't know what to pray. Lord Jesus, these children that thou hast blessed me with. <laughs> and I'm just like, Lord, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm doing, Jesus. Whenever I felt that anxiety that you feel as a mom, and some people will accept that, that that anxiety is, is your anxiety. Don't claim that. That anxiety is from the enemy. But what I do is I use anxiety as a prayer trigger. Boom. So if I feel anxious, I'm like, right now, Lord, I thank you that your angels are encamped around about Taylor, Ellie, and Emma. I thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, that you're holding them in your hands, God. These are your children that you gifted me with. I thank you, Father, that you will bless them. You will, you will protect them, and you will keep them from all harm and all evil in Jesus' mighty name. So, and then once you pray that, the anxiety is gone. I put them in the hands of the Lord who loves them more than me. And I love them a lot. And I do the same for you guys in this church. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do with them, but I place them in your hands, God. I don't want to start crying now because there's a lot of hurting and broken people in the world. And Mother's Day is hard for so many people, and probably there are people that are even avoided coming to church on Mother's Day because they just couldn't even stand it. Because either they had a mother and they lost the mother and they feel the brokenness of that. Because we're all children in here. Am I right? Raise your hands. A womb did birth you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it was a lady. (laughs) A lady did birth you. Okay. Um, So you're here because of a mother, but not all mothers are good. So we have to let the Lord heal our hearts if our mothers weren't good. And I won't even get into my mother because I'll start to just bawl my eyes out. As, as Mr. John was talking about his mother, I'm like, yes, my mother was that. She was that. She was that. She was that. Go through the checklist. Um, my mother, as a child, I, I felt... Um, my sister and I would talk because my dad was so affectionate with us, and we loved that. My mother was not like the touchy-feely type. Even to this day, you'll hug her and she'll like pat you, like to release, 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 release. And we were just like, no, I'm gonna make you feel uncomfortable. 
And we wouldn't let her go. We tormented her with our love, with our affection. But she was such a good mother, like just the sacrifice. Um, and if you guys watched the message October 30th about my sister who was born with a genetic disease, and for 18 years my mother had to be a nurse as well as be the wife of this amazing minister and the mom to three kids. And um, I remember when I was a kid, when I was 10, you know, and my mother would start yelling at me. And I'd be like, well, when I'm a mother, I'm never going to yell at my kids like this. <laughs> but I never used to hear the eight times she said to me nicely, eight times, Kirsten, would you please? Kirsten, would you please? Kelly, would you please? Kenneth, would you please? And we wouldn't listen. So then she asked to go to full-fledged screaming banshee. Would you please? No! And then we would be like, my mom's a psychopath. No, we were the crazy ones. We drove her crazy. Even to this day, she apologizes. I'm sorry I wasn't the best mother. I'm sorry I fell short of this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You were amazing. I stand in awe of thee. I have three children. I pray to God I make it through. <laughs> Can I get them to 18, Lord? Can I get them to 18? Can you keep them for the rest of their lives, Jesus? As long as they serve you, I've won. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Nothing will make you for, feel more inadequate than being a mother or a father oh, or a friend. It relates to every relationship, doesn't it? There's, there's doctrines of demons running around all over Instagram. Please do not get your theology from Instagram therapy. Please, 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 please. Oh, well, you know, I'm leaving them because they no longer serve me. I'm going to go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. What? You're going to be left with no friendships at the end of the day. Relationships try you. Relationships take you to the outer limits of your mind and back again. I'm just here to say, let's keep it in perspective, people. Okay, we're going to go to the word. All right, as you know, if you've heard me before, I really love the word. <laughs> so we're going to go to Luke 1. 1. We're going to put it up on the screen. All right. I'm a mother, I've got stories. If I had to title this message, I'm not really sure what to say. Maybe, um, you know, things we can learn from the hood, the motherhood. <laughs> it's rough in here. So I like to read the whole, the whole, you know, get the whole surrounding circumstances, get the context. Not my word, it's his words. So, all right, since, as is well known, many have undertaken to put in order and draw up a thorough narrative of the surely established deeds which have been accomplished and fulfilled in and among us, exactly as they were handed down to us by those who, from the official beginning of Jesus' ministry, were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. That is, of the doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God. It seemed good and desirable to me, and so I have determined also, after having searched out diligently and followed all these things closely, 
and trace accurately the course from the highest to the minutest detail, from the very first to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. My purpose is that you may know the full truth and understand with certainty and security against error the accounts, histories, and doctrines of the faith of which you have been informed and in which you have been orally instructed. In the days when Herod was king of Judea, there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah of the daily service, the division of Abiah, Abiah, whatever. And his wife was also a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, for Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while on duty serving as priest before God in the order of his division, as was the custom of the priesthood, it fell to him by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And all the throng of people were praying outside in the court at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear took possession of him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you must call his name John. God is favorable. And you shall have joy and exultant delight, and many will rejoice over his birth. For he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and he must drink no wine nor strong drink. And he will be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in and from his mother's womb. That's amazing, because that's before the day of Pentecost. So filled with the Holy Spirit before. And the Holy Spirit's all throughout the Old Testament. By the way, throwing that in there for free. And he will turn back and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will himself go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient and incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God. In order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. Ooh, that's needed in today's world. Yes, it is. And Zechariah said to the angel, By what shall I know and be sure of this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Okay, stay right there. Okay, wait a minute. An angel is standing in front of you, but you still need more. You still need more. I need more. I, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, an angel standing in front of me, but how can I believe this? Um, an angel standing in front of you? Just saying. Okay, okay, Zachariah. All right, so now this is the way my brain works. I don't know about you, but when I'm reading it, I'm thinking the angel's like, seriously? All right. And the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God, and I have been sent to talk to you and to bring you this good news. 
Now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak till the day when these things take place, because you have not believed what I told you, but my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. He was struck dumb because he didn't believe. And all throughout the word, from Genesis to Revelation, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me be that stupid. Please don't let me be that stupid. Please don't let me be that stupid. And there's been moments where I have been that stupid. <laughs> You're Moses. A burning bush is in front of you, and you argue with it. It's an audible voice from heaven, and you argue with it. I heard an audible voice from heaven tell me to go into the ministry, and what did I do? I argued with it. I said, God, I don't want it. Blah. No. I'm living in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, living my best life. I've got a million-dollar view, and I'm only paying $950 a month. I'm, I'm enjoying the church that I'm in. I love the church that I'm in. I love the pastor. I loved his wife. They weren't quite like us, but I didn't care. I knew how ministry was. I was just going to pray for them and uphold their hands. I was going to be happy there for the rest of my life. But he blessed me and called me into the ministry. Just like motherhood is tough in here. I'm so blessed. You know when the Bible says, blessed are you when they use you and persecute you and lie about you and call you evil and call you demonic for my name's sake, but they don't think it's for his name's sake. They think that you're wrong. They, they, oh no, they know you're wrong. Well, that's your opinion. No, that's not my opinion. That's the word of God. Oh, God. I suddenly so identify with Gabriel. No, no, this is the word of God, but because I shy away from saying, thus saith the Lord, they don't believe you? It's frustrating up in here, people. Goodness, and I feel things like passionately because when you've heard the voice of the Lord, you're like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. It's like your child when they're too young to know the difference and they keep running into the road. And you're like, you are going to get squished. Big wheels. Keep on turning. Okay, you're tiny. They can't see you. You're about to get run over. And you run and you'll grab that child and you'll yank them by the arm and nearly pull the arm out of the socket to save them from being run over by a Mack truck. And in today's world, when you do that for people with the truth of God's word, not my truth, his truth, far be it from me to depart from the word of God. Far be it from me. I fear him too much. I fear God above men. Amen? We should all be like that. All right, so now... The high priest, he's one of the priests. He gets struck dumb. He can't speak. So they took it down now. Now the people kept waiting for Zechariah, and they wondered at his delaying so long in the sanctuary. Sounds like church. <laughs> Why are you so long in church? Well, because the Lord was speaking. I was having a moment. But lo and behold, we don't view anything as sacred or holy anymore. Everybody, <laughs> the preachers back in the day in the 50s were like preaching, we need a return to holiness, we need a return to holiness, and you have to have that in every generation. But if they live to see the day and age that we're living in, I don't
don't, I think their heads would explode or their brains would ooze out of their ears. Like, wow, I thought what we were, you know, they thought everybody was going to hell because they were doing the mashed potato. And it looked like this. <laughs> That's what they literally thought. And you're like, wow, they had to see it today. Sweet Lord Jesus, come quickly. <laughs> I just saw a reel the other day where there's rivers turning to blood, uh, it, it, the, the color of the pure red because of the toxic waste that's being dumped in, in, in Russia. And I was like, could it be? Are you coming, Lord? I'm ready. I mean, I would love to be a grandmother, and my kids would love to, you know, get married, and I would love for that to happen, but whew, if heaven comes, I won't be sad. And if you are sad, you probably need to read a little more about heaven. Okay. But when he did come out, he was unable to speak to them, and they clearly perceived that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. And he kept making signs to them. Still, he remained dumb. And when his time of performing priestly functions was ended, he returned to his own house. Now, after this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. And for five months, she secluded herself entirely, saying, I have hid myself, because thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he deigned to look on me and to take away my reproach among men. Guys, we pray for people here who can't have babies, and they have had babies. And, you know, I mean, my faith isn't strong in every single area, but this I've grown my faith in since I was small. And my parents have seen miracles in this, and I've seen miracles in this. People get so offended when you tell them that you've prayed for barren women and they've had babies. But the Lord is a miracle-working God. It's not me. It's him. And it's our faith linking up with him. Amen? So if you need prayer, I'm here. <laughs> All right. And if he could do it for Elizabeth, he could do it for you. <laughs> Amen? That's what you should get out of that. Okay, now in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a girl never having been married and a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, endued with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed, favored of God are you before all other women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might mean. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace, free, spontaneous, absolute favor, and loving kindness with God. And listen, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, eminent, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his forefather David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages, and of his reign there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I have no intimacy with any man as a husband? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud, and so the Holy One the holy, pure, sinless thing, offspring, which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is now the sixth month with her who was called barren. 
For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Then Mary said, Behold, I am, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. And at that time, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah. And she went to the house of Zechariah, and entering it, saluted Elizabeth. And it occurred that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. That's John. And Elizabeth was filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, pre-Pentecost. And she cried out with a loud cry and then exclaimed, Blessed, favored of God above all other women are you, and blessed, favored of God is the fruit of your womb. And how have I deserved that this honor should be granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, the instant the sound of your salutation reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed, happy to be envied, is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My my soul magnifies and extols the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon the low station and humiliation of his handmaiden. For behold, from now on all generations of all ages will call me blessed and declare me happy and to be envied. Really? Mary was a virgin. Everybody knew it. This doesn't look like a blessing. When now you're pregnant, oh yeah, sure. It's immaculate conception. Even Joseph didn't believe it. An angel had to show up to him. You have to read, you know, the other book for that. But an angel had to show up to him and say, Joseph, this is the Lord's doing. And he had to be convinced that this was from the Lord because it looked crazy. I love it when, blah, I don't love it. Online commenters drive me insane. Well, that's not biblical. I'm sorry, but you haven't even read your Bible. If you read your Bible like we're doing right now, you're like, wow, the Bible is wild and crazy. Because it is. It's full of wild and crazy. I love it. Some people don't. They, they've gone ahead and sanitized all the wild and crazy out. They cherry pick the scriptures that they want, and then they don't read the fullness of the gospel, and they don't understand how hard-hitting it is, and they don't understand that, he, that the line of the tribe of Judah comes with thunder. Speaking of thunder, we were walking outside to, uh, this week, <laughs> and um, <laughs> this lightning struck close by but the thunder clapped right over our head and my heart rate jumped to like 200 immediately and I was like we're walking the path and I run into somebody else's porch my husband swears I tried the door I did not but I run into somebody else's porch and I'm like dear Lord Jesus I want to come to heaven but this is not the way <laughs> I want to go peacefully in my sleep not screaming like the rest of the people in the car You'll get that tomorrow. <laughs> that, that's not going to be my end either in Jesus' name. That was a joke. <laughs> All right. So basically what happens is the Holy Spirit comes upon Elizabeth and she starts prophesying by the Holy Spirit what already is. Because prophecy isn't information. It's confirmation. So she's prophesying what already is. So... 
For he who is almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, to be venerated in his purity, majesty, and glory. And his mercy, his compassion, and his kindness toward the miserable and afflicted is on those who fear him with godly reverence from generation to generation and age to age. Say it's for me. He has shown strength and made might with his arm. He has scattered the proud and haughty in and by the imagination and purpose and designs of their hearts. He has put down the mighty and their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled and satisfied the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty-handed without a gift. He has laid hold on his servant Israel to help him to espouse his cause in remembrance of his mercy, even as he promised to our forefathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her, Elizabeth, for about three months and then returned to her own home. Now the time that Elizabeth should be delivered came and she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy on her. And they rejoiced with her. And it occurred that on the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child, they were intending to call him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by that name. And they inquired with signs to his father as to what he wanted to have him called. Then Zechariah asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. And he began to speak blessing and praising and thanking God. And awe and reverential fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, whatever will this little boy be then? For the hand of the Lord was so evidently with him, protecting and aiding him. And now Zechariah, his father, was filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed, praised, and extolled, and thanked be the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and brought deliverance and redemption to his people. And I recommend you just carry on reading that on your own time. But we're going to jump ahead. Obviously, the Lord opened his mouth once he started to agree with the word of the Lord. I don't know why some people aren't stuck, struck dumb in today's world. It's conversations I have with the Lord. That's another message. All right, so now I want you to go to Luke 2.41. I was reading this this week, and I just thought this was hilarious, and I just feel like, Mothers, fathers, grandparents, even children might, you know, we're all children of somebody, might resonate with this. Luke 2, 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year to the Passover feast, and when he was 12 years old, they went up as was their custom, and the feast was ended as they were returning The boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem. Now his parents did not know this, but supposing him to be in the caravan, they traveled on a day's journey, and then they sought him, diligently looking up and down for him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they failed to find him, they went back to Jerusalem, looking for him up and down all the way after three days They found him. 
So everybody thinks that the first time Mary lost Jesus for three days was when he died. No, this was the first time Jesus, Mary lost Jesus. And she was freaking out. I mean, my mom, my brother used to disappear on the mall. We lost him at Disney World once. He, we lost him in the mall. Oftentimes, he would run and hide in between the clothes and snicker. He was the third child. I don't know what to tell you. Me and, me and my sister would just, you know, follow along. And my brother would entertain himself and get lost. And... Um, you know, as a parent, babysitter, whatever, the feeling when you've lost the kid? Okay, so just kind of feel this for Mary and now compound it by three days. She was freaking out. Now I'm going to borrow something that Pastor Caleb said because he does this to me all the time. He takes all my good stuff. So he said Mary was the original godmother. She's the mother of God, y'all. Come on. Come on. It was good stuff. I thought it was epic. So, so the original godmother is running around in a flat panic. Okay. I think I was like the first. When I was 16, they recorded me singing Mary Did You Know, but it was written by a man and usually sang by a man, which is weird and awkward, but whatever, you know. It is what it is. Um, so I think I might have been the first female to record Mary, did you know? And obviously, you know, you've heard it a million times and you're probably so over it. I know I am because I had to record it, so I'm over it. But it's funny because there was somebody who recently wrote, and I won't say who it is. It's kind of a big deal. Recently wrote a song saying Mary did know. No, she did not know. She didn't know. I mean, yes, the angel said, you're going to have this baby, he's going to be called the son of God, there's no way you could possibly know that. And then not only that, but all of his disciples, I don't know to the fullness, when I get to heaven, this is just going to be a question I'm going to ask Mary when I get up there, like, what did you know, seriously? You know what I mean? Because I like, when I gave birth to my children, and they came out, and they were just these babies, I'm like, man, it's going to be awesome. And I love them from zero minutes, <laughs> you know. I love them from the first second I saw them, but there's no possible way that I could know who they would be today. I had hopes, I had dreams, I had no idea. Same as Mary, she had hopes, she had dreams, she had a word of the Lord, but she really had no idea. There's no possible way. So, okay, so she loses him. After three days they found him, came upon him, in the court of the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished and overwhelmed and bewildered with wonder at his intelligence and understanding and his replies. And when they, Joseph and Mary, saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Here your father and I have been anxiously looking for you, distressed and tormented. And he said to them, how is it that you had to look for me? Did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied about my father's business? But they did not comprehend what he was saying to them. This scripture alone tells you Mary did not know. <laughs> He's 12, folks. 
Now, man, I wish the Bible told us more about his childhood. I really wish it did. It would be so fun for me. But anyways. Um, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was habitually obedient to them. So after that, he was obedient to them. But it didn't seem like it in that moment. It seemed like he was sassy. Seemed like he was, that was a little clap back. Maybe the Lord told him, just take it easy. They're just humans. I wish the Lord would tell that to some of my children. (laughs) Take it easy on your mother. Go easy on her. It's not easy. All right. Um, so So he's habitually obedient to them. And his mother kept and closely and persistently guarded all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in stature and years, and in favor with God and man. Now, just that one story, and I wish we had more, but just that one story just shows you that it was difficult to raise the Son of God. (laughs) That it was difficult to raise the Word made flesh. This is both encouraging... (laughs) And somewhat discouraging. <laughs> I, I love reading the word, but I was talking about it with Pastor Joe. I was like, if you read about Jesus and his leadership and how one out of the 12 was like a mega betrayer, not just a betrayer, like mega betrayer. And then you do the math and you're like, that's 8.3% of people that are going to Judas kiss me. And, the, and Judas didn't even think that he was, really betraying the Lord. He'd seen Jesus slip out of their hands so many times. And obviously his heart was wrong. He'd pinched 30 pieces of silver from the the money because he was the treasurer. So he pinched 30 pieces of silver from the money that he had. But he's like, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to sell him. I'm going to get the money, replace the money, and he's going to slip out of their hands. That is what he thought. He honestly thought that. Now he was wrong. He was a thief. And he was wrong, and he paid his own penance by hanging himself later. I'm telling you, you should go read the word. It's very interesting. Um, (laughs) He hung himself, and his guts came out. So it's all gory. I mean, it's got it all. The Bible, Genesis to Revelation, highly recommend, 10 out of 10. Um, So, you know, like, it's not encouraging as a leader to read about leadership where in, in Moses, when Miriam, his own sister, comes against him, and the Lord dealt with her, struck her with leprosy, and, you know, you should read that story too. Moses pleads for her, and she lives. Um, but it's not really encouraging. You're like, Lord, this isn't fun. As, as husbands to wives, the Bible says that he's supposed to lay his life down for his wife sacrifice everything as Jesus did on the cross. Give it all up for her. But she in turn is also supposed to give it up all up for him and for our children. As a mother, I never once ever questioned that I would have to sacrifice to have kids. But do you know there's mothers that have been raised with such selfishness in their hearts and minds that they don't know that you are going to die to yourself daily to be a good mom. You're going to die to yourself daily to be a good wife. You're going to die to yourself daily to be 
whatever it is you are. You have to put to death your flesh. You have to put your flesh under. You have to work it out with each other, and it doesn't feel good. Have you ever seen the memes where the, the mother's like, I'm selling this kid, <laughs> I'm selling them on Amazon, and the other mother says, no, you made them by hand, sell them on Etsy. <laughs> We've all had those moments. We can't do that. Not, no good mom would do that. This hood, y'all, it's real. But Mary, okay, so Mary has to now take, going back to when she was pregnant with him, or get, you know, first of all, she has to accept this pregnancy. Did you know everybody in Nazareth was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, virgin, I'm so sure. That's not the way it happens. We know. We know how it happens, and that's not the way it happens. And so when Jesus came back later on, he could do no mighty work because they're like, (laughs) no. No, this is the son of Mary and Joseph. You guys know what they did? You know, they, you know, they said it was a holy ghost. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is what they thought. So he could do no mighty miracle in them because of their unbelief, because of their familiarity. That's the hardest thing about being a pastor is they get familiar with you and then they cut off the Holy Spirit in you. They cut it off, and what you don't honor, you won't receive from. So the word might, the God, God of all, the Holy Spirit might have a word from you, but because you were offended at some stupid thing. I mean, I could understand if you were offended by something like really offensive, but there never are. It's the stupidest things you could ever imagine. And you're like, geez, at least if you're going to be offended, get a good reason. Not the stupidest reason I've ever heard in my life. Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) All throughout the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, the kingdom of God is offensive. Jesus' birth was offensive. To this day, there's quote-unquote theologians that say he was not born of a virgin. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Total heathens who are engaged in witchcraft, have entered into seminaries, and they have ripped the Bible to shreds, Genesis to Revelation, so that what is coming into the pulpits of the land does not believe the word of God. And I don't know about you, but my faith is in this Bible. And just in case any of you says, well, a woman can't preach the word because of what Eve did. I'm here to tell you that because of what Mary did. She redeemed it. Eve ruined it. Mary redeemed it. Mary brought forth the word in flesh. And she was criticized and ostracized and lied about. Uh-huh, Mary, sure. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people mock us? Oh, yeah, sure. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> Whatever. They lied about my Lord. They lie about me too, but it doesn't feel good. 
It stinks. Nice way of putting it. It stinks. They'll lie about you. The dumbest things you've ever heard in all your life. You're like, I mean, at least if it was true, I could understand, but it's not. It's a lie, and they're being used by the enemy, and they don't even know, just like Judas. They don't even know. If you leave a church and you go to another church and the Lord has led you there, don't take other people with you. Don't do that. Leave them there where the Lord has brought them. Don't take other people with you. Leave them there. Every time somebody comes into our church and they're like, well, my old pastor this and my old pastor that and this was what was wrong with them. Did you ever pray for them? And it's always a red flag because I know, look at my watch. Okay, they're talking about this, about their old pastor. Pretty soon it's going to be me on the chopping block. Soon it will be I that will offend. Again, for the dumbest reasons you've ever heard. Good God, y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Um, when I was reading the story about Mary losing Jesus, whenever I've like momentarily lost my children, thankfully it hasn't been for very long, but I'm like, Jesus help me, Jesus help me, Jesus help me. What did Mary cry out? <laughs> Jehovah help me, Jehovah help me. Three days, oh my Lord. I would, my hair, it, at the end of three days, my hair would be frazzled. I'd look like a hot mess. Like, no sleep, just like, you know, like, what, I don't know what to do with myself. I've lost my child. I've lost the Lord. She lost him. <laughs> she lost the child of promise. Anyways, you guys take with that, take from that what you will. Um, Jessica, if you don't mind, we have a special guest keyboardist here with us today. Thank you, Lord. In all of those stories, the Lord is going to speak something to you. But one of the things that really needs to be highlighted is that there's nothing impossible with God. The barren womb does not have to say barren. There is nothing impossible with God. So we believe God for what looks like impossible, but the Lord made Adam from the dust himself. And then when it came time to create Jesus, he partnered with Mary's womb. And he made Jesus in her womb. There was nothing unholy or impure about it. It's beautiful. But I want you right now, and I want all our pastors to get ready. I want, I want you to, to come to the altar, and I want us to pray over you. If you're hurting, you're broken, no matter